Welcome to Real Life with Pamela Lau. I'm so glad you're here. Today and next week, we are having two special guests who are a little out of our norm here at Real Life. Um, one particular person is an entrepreneur who I'll introduce you to in just a moment. And then next week, we have um, a special guest from the TV series, The Chosen. And the reason that we're stepping out a little bit is just to listen and have conversations with people who are out in the world working, um, listening to the Lord, finding out how he wants them to lead and what the tasks that he's given them to do. So I hope you will enjoy these um, two special episodes this month. But for today, I would like you to welcome to the show Donna Johnson. And Donna has been one of the most successful and highly respected professionals in direct marketing for decades. She's actually received many prestigious awards, but that's not what we're going to be talking about today. God has led and invited her to write a book, and the book is called My Mentor Walks on Water. It is filled with stories and um, inspiration and advice on how to hear clearly from the Holy Spirit. And I, I think this is so special because one of my listeners and dear friends introduced me to Donna last spring, and I just knew that we had to have her on the show. So would you welcome with me today, Donna Johnson. Well, hello, Donna, and welcome to Real Life with Pamela Lau. It is so good to see you again. So good to be here. So, Donna, I am so anxious and excited for my listeners to hear um, about you and your story. But first, before um, I jump in, I just want to say I'm so grateful for a mutual friend of ours who introduced us um, and that someone brought to me your latest book called My Mentor Walks on Water. And so I, the title alone, right? Like I'm like, yes, he does. And tell me about this mentor. That just got me so excited. But before I even jump in asking you about your book, I just wonder like, if you could just tell me like, what you're, what you're doing right now um, as, a, as a, a leader in the world and, and where you are at right now. Where in the world is Donna? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually off the West Coast on an island in Sweden. I live here part-time. My husband is from Sweden. And since I have a home-based business, it doesn't matter where I live. I just have to keep track with of time zones and where I'm working. And uh, I love that. Um, and yeah, just pivoting, uh, not just with my business, but with the book. It's been so exciting to see how God is working and moving uh, with the book and the message, the timing, the timing mm. couldn't be better because I believe that the world is just hungry for this message. And if you could give me just a quick elevator pitch before I ask you my questions, what is the basic premise and message of your book? Well, uh, my mentor walks on water, spirit-led mentorship in every area of your life. And it's, um, I, I believe it's so timely because we're in such a world where it's so easy to be distracted. 
and you know, there's a shiny penny everywhere and everybody wants to be an influencer. And, you know, you can just feel like that rubber duck in the ocean being tossed around. And so the book speaks to, first of all, having a firm foundation, knowing who you are uh, based on how God sees you, and then establishing who you choose to pour into you, who you choose to mentor, guide, coach, advise. Um, even our inner circle uh, influences us. So um, the foundation is really your self-identity aligned with how God sees you, but then how we're mentored. And then this last section of the book is being mentored in every area of your life. So you might not have the same mentors for your family or parenting or your marriage or your finances or your business. Uh, so we, we really break it down. It's, um, it's really a great book. (laughs) Well, and I appreciate it because as I told you before, um, when we first were uh, chatting that a book that I wrote eight years ago was called a friend in me, how to be a safe haven for other women. And what drew me to your book even more, I thought, oh, this is, this is really helpful because you don't, you don't leave it to a, just a gender. You don't leave it just to the soul life. You're like all areas of life. We need to be mentored. So let me turn the question back to you. Um, I love the first chapter when you ask, you know, who are you? What is your identity? Um, So I'm wondering if you could describe a moment or a season in time when going back to your early years, because that's really what your the first chapter really does is what tell me about that time when you knew that your identity was to lead for the long haul. Yeah, and I do want to address books being written by women, unless you're specifically targeting or speaking to women. I think it's interesting that if a book is written by a man Hmm. uh, in general, you know, I don't go, oh, this is a great book for men. So, you know, a book written by a woman for everyone, I've been real surprised at the number of men that are reading and responding. In fact, my brother uh, in his Bible study of 30 men, they are actually going through um, this as a book study because at the end of every chapter, there are reflection and ripple effect questions. So I thought it was fun to address that. But yeah, I share my story in chapter one. I didn't have a normal daddy. And it shaped my life. Um, I wasn't a victim. I became a victor. And you don't have a you don't have to have a tragic story like I did to um, to really contemplate who you are and who like tells you who you are. The world Mm. likes to tell us who we're supposed to be, but we need to really make sure that we're aligned with how God sees us. And that's chapter two, you know, who, um, who God says you are. But for me, my pivotal moment, because I was an overachiever then, um, because my time time of life are we talking about Donna? Yeah. Um, you know, I was an overachiever in high school, competitive swimming and, um, and, and then, um, married and pregnant with my first child is when I really thought about, um, 
life growing inside of me? And is there a God? You know, we're in Sweden and yesterday we were driving around the island and um, there's a, a, a cemetery right by the water and there was an, an inscription and I asked my husband, what does that say? I understand Swedish more than I can speak. It. Right, right, he right. Said, uh, it, it said, think about death. I said, isn't that interesting? Think about death. And it was the, me- and we talked about it for quite a while, but the message was oftentimes we lead a very hedonistic, it's all mm. about me life. Mm. And it, the, the message was think about death. Like, okay, what happens to you when you die? Where are we going? And I, I thought about that. And, uh, that's when, um, because I was raised in the Catholic church, Catholic school, a lot of traumatizing experiences there and, um, walked away from it. I was pretty much, you know, looking out for number one and, um, this lovely, lovely lady that I worked with in direct sales, uh, she just invited me to a Bible study and I met other women like her and they were reading something I had never picked up. And that was the Bible and learned about the scripture and Jesus and the salvation gospel plan. And I went, sign me up. That's me. (laughs) So he's been my mentor ever since and has had the most influence over me. You know, have I had a perfect life? No, it's a journey, but that's what we all have. That's awesome. And I find it interesting that you said that you went to a a school that was faith-based, but that you didn't really know the scriptures until someone introduced it to you in a personal way. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it was very, it was very fear-based experience for me. Everybody has different experiences. And so it it wasn't just so much the denomination. It was just the, my own personal experience. And it was kind of like run. (laughs) Yes. So Donna, when did you, you said you were always an overachiever, but in your, let's say that uh, in your twenties, when did you realize that you were being called to be a leader in the world? Well, my business uh, really shaped me into leadership. I uh, grew my business successfully And then really you, um, in, in my business, you do take on a leadership role and it just grew and grew, uh, to the point where not only was I learning and being mentored, but I discovered so many people considered me their mentor. That's a, Mm -hmm. that's a big responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so it caused me to really lean in and be accountable and responsible for how I lead and how I learn. So I, I don't want to stray people wrong. You know, I don't want to lead people in the wrong direction. So I, I chapter, uh, the second section of the book, how we are mentored mm-hmm. is really a beautiful illustration of like, almost like a three-stranded cord. We're, we're scriptured, we're, we're mentored by scripture, which is the mm-hmm. word of God. And there's so much instruction over the weekend I was just reading from Philippians and I was sharing with my husband and we both decided to just reread the book of, of, of oh, such a good book. Yeah. It's such a beautiful letter yes. when he was so yeah. Paul was so persecuted and yet he spoke with such joy and love and care. Mm. And I thought, I want to be that way, you know, and it so structure men- <laughs> yeah, scripture mentors us and not a devotional. You know, I talk about that in my book. Devotionals are like a snack, 
but scripture is like the meat, the word of God. And so we need to really dive into it every day, have a quiet time. I like my mornings. Um, mm -hmm. And then Holy Spirit mentors us. Mm -hmm. um, when Jesus ascended, he said, I'm going to send a helper. And that is the Holy Spirit. And we walk and talk with Holy Spirit um, in a relationship and Holy Spirit and scripture never conflict with each other. They're in harmony. So the third part of mentorship is other people. And of course, people are flawed. In fact, if somebody comes across that they're perfect, run because people are, right. are flawed. But when you're in alignment with how uh, God sees you and the future for your life and the plans he has for you, then you can line that up with scripture, Holy Spirit, and other people that will align. Uh, you know, you can choose your mentors, coaches, advisors based on that to grow you. Um, I've heard it said, don't be the smartest person in the room, right? So you want to surround yeah. yourself with people yeah. who pour into each other. You, you know, you have people that pour into you, but you pour in, in that relationship as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful way to put it. I like the bigger picture version that we need certain things to line up as we pursue the will of God. It's not just something we do in our own room sitting, you know, which would be nice, right? But he didn't create it that way. And scripture is to, meant to be read individually and in community. So I wonder if you could just address for just a quick minute before I ask you more uh, about your book is, you know, why is being a married woman with children? And I don't, I don't, I never asked you if you had uh, grandchildren, so I don't know. But how is, why is it working well for you as an executive leader? I'm relatable. <laughs> I, I know how you feel. I felt that way too. And I found, you know, I'm, I'm, I've also experienced divorce in my life. Um, but every wilderness that God takes us through is a learning experience. And, um, my husband and I have, uh, six children together, my five, his one, and we have eight grandchildren. Oh my goodness. Yes. And it's such a gift. Uh, and, um, it, my, it just expands your world, uh, view and your relationships and people can relate to you. Um, it's just, it is really, really a gift. Someone listening is going to be wondering, Donna, tell me, how do I, how do I get my children and grandchildren to want me to pour into them? Right. I mean, so what, what is your secret to that? It, example, lead mm. by example, um, you know, not coming from a place of judgment, but just mm. love, 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 love. Mm. Uh, I talk about it in my book about parenting, just love your children and uh, learn to understand that your job is not to do everything for your children, but it's for, mm. for them to become adults. And so they're going to go through some, some learning uh, trials as well. Uh, and just, and to let them go. It's okay to let your children go. Um, but you always, all of my children are adults now, and it's actually one of my favorite relationships. My husband and I um, are very close. I'm so grateful that we're equally yoked mm -hmm. uh, and we um, communicate really well, which is such an important part of marriage. 
Is it perfect? There is no such thing as perfect. That's right. Um, right. But we, we laugh a lot and we tell each other once in a while, you know, because love, we all, you always, you're committed and you love, right? Every once in a while, he'll say to me or I'll say to him, you know, I love you, but I really like you too. So it's nice (laughs) to love someone and it's nice to like them. Uh, And my children, you know, we may not all agree, you know, this world wants us divided. And I'm so grateful, even though my children may have different worldviews, some of my friends may, the world wants us divided. And I believe that my book has really helped people understand it's okay to have conversation. It really is okay to have conversation and listen and learn to understand before you're understood so are and you saying, we, Donna, we, let me ask you yes. a question. Are you saying that in conversation, even with the people closest to us, if we are having a conversation about things we disagree with, that we could still be mentoring someone by the way we talk to each other? Yes. If we are speaking truth in love, mm-hmm. um, I think that is the key. That is, that's really the message of Jesus Then everything we do. Um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, love is not one gift of the Holy Spirit, it covers all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're just called to love. And, um, and when we do that, um, people want us to say what we mean and mean what we say. And so when people can trust you, because you, you're, you're being honest, um, even if they don't agree with you, um, it makes them think like, "Hmm, that's good. That's really interesting. You mentioned uh, about three minutes ago about how the Holy Spirit is our mentor as well. And of course, that how often do we hear about teachings on the Holy Spirit from the pulpit or that that we would you know be able to sit and kind of digest well? You tell you write about in the book about when the vision of the book came to you. And and I see that as a as a way the Holy Spirit communicated with you and mentored you. Can you talk about that for just a minute? Yeah, I was not writing a book at all. <laughs> I I actually share the story in the introduction. It's okay. a great story. In fact, I had someone message me. I was just going to flip through your book, but then I read the introduction and then I was hooked. <laughs> okay. So, oh. uh, yeah, it was um it was definitely uh, a kingdom assignment from Holy Spirit. In fact, Uh, One of the gifts of the spirit is the gift of prophecy. I have a friend with the gift of prophecy and about a year before the book um, even became, you know, something she called me and said, I just have a prophetic word for you. I had a dream that you were pregnant. And when I woke, I said, okay, what God, what's that all about? Because I know Donna can't bear children anymore. And, uh, and he said, let her know that I have, she is pregnant with an idea. I am giving her to give birth to something really big. And I know I, I had no clue what it was. I thought, is it something in my business? Is it something with our orphanage? I, I had no idea. And so when that happened uh, with the book, I simply was being obedient. I like to say, you know, I like to move over and give Jesus the wheel. Hmm. And I just gave Holy Spirit uh, the the wheel. In fact, uh, when I was working with my publisher, they do something called a story arc 
and the mm-hmm. table of contents and chapters. And it, the first round didn't feel right to me. And Thomas, my husband said, well, just pray about it. <laughs> Duh, <laughs> just pray about it. And, uh, so I did went to sleep about five 15 in the morning. Holy spirit woke me up and see Holy spirit. You get to know the voice of Holy mm-hmm. spirit. Just like mm-hmm. my husband doesn't have to open the door and say, Hey, Donna, it's Thomas. He doesn't have to do that. <laughs> right. And just get your pen out. Chapter one, who do you think you are? Chapter two, who God says you are. Chapter three, who do you think Jesus is? Chapter four, who God says Jesus is. So I learned very quickly that this wasn't my book, (laughs) that this was his. In fact, he, Holy Spirit told me there would be net breaking boat sinking results. And so when it went number one in two categories in 24 hours, I just, I just actually laughed because in the middle of writing, I literally had like a panic attack, like people are actually going to read this. And then towards the end of writing, I wondered, Hmm, I wonder if people other than my family and friends are going to read this. And then it goes number one, um, in two faith-based categories, but was, what was interesting it went number three in 24 hours in completely secular business mentorship and coaching. Mm, what a, it shows what a that, thirst and hunger. Yes. Yeah. And that is something that Holy Spirit re, re, uh, revealed to me in the process of writing the book that I would not just be speaking to the choir, that this was not just for believers. Yes, mm. it will it will strengthen the courage of believers, but it's also for the drifters. It's for the deniers. Um, it's for the people who completely dismissed Jesus and, and faith. Um, maybe they've been, maybe they have a sacred wound from institutional religion yeah. or something. Um, so it, God was just very clear that uh, we weren't just going to be speaking to the choir. Awesome. Let me take us in a different direction for just a moment. I I wonder if you could recall a couple of stories, maybe just one, a story of when you came against the culture's image or expectations of leadership compared to that of one who follows Jesus. When did you come against Yes, so now not, not everybody may be called to do this. So you really have to make sure that you are in alignment with Holy Spirit and with your mission. But God just really did call me to stand up and speak on different matters on social media. Um, A lot of people think, oh, well, that's just for the church Uh, or, you know, leave it, you know, leave it over here. If you're in business, you shouldn't talk politics or religion, right? And God just did not call me to do that. He called me to speak truth with love. And so I would get pushed back. I would have people message me or even comment and say, you know, you're the top person in your business. You shouldn't be sharing your opinion uh, because you're going to lose half your customers or your, you know, this or that. And what I would say to people is if my business was number one, the most important thing in my life, I probably would follow that rule. But I answer to God and how the world wants me to behave is really none of my business. And that's a bold statement. 
Yeah. Well, the problem is, you know, I, I talk about the seven mountains. We have seven mountains of culture, um, you know, business, arts and entertainment, media, education, business, um, the family, the church. And we, we are told to shut up and only talk to the people who agree with you. So what happens is it creates a void, a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that vacuum gets filled with a message that is not aligned with God. It's just mm -hmm. not, it's not culturally uh, aligned. And a lot of people aren't actually in agreement with that opposing message, but they are threatened and silenced. And so therefore you have kind of the muzzling of the church. And when I say the church, I mean, right. you and me, like church. we're told no. to just shut right. up and right. go sit in your corner. <laughs> right. That's my husband awesome. like, my husband likes to say, nobody, nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And I like the boldness. I like the courage. It sounds like to me, you don't, you're not risk averse. Yeah. Courage. One of my favorite uh, quotes is by Billy Graham, your courage strengthens the spine of others. Mm. I had somebody one time just be very attacking me on, and you know, when you get attacked, especially on social media or in person, it, it can really just want, you just want to crawl up and go sit in a corner. Right. But mm -hmm. Jesus didn't do that. Like he, he demonstrated for us. Um, and so I one time had somebody just really attack me and I messaged her and I said, could we take this offline? Um, could I call you? And, you know, why, who hurt you? You know, Ooh, what happened? And she just really poured her heart out and I led her to the Lord. And, you know, if we don't have those conversations, uh, we'll just continue to be divided. That's, that's terrific. Good for you. Again, another question for you about, I wanna talk about the word support. Um, it's a sticking point for anyone who is leading. Um, and people who are listening, what would you say, where does, where does support come from? Which direction does it come from for you as a leader? Who is offering the support? Um, is it your is it just your peers? Is it just the people you work with? Talk about that a little bit. Well, I'm in an entrepreneurial business, so I don't have, I'm not an employee with a job description. So the support that I offer people that I work with is just simply um, support them and their goals. Um, I really find out what they want, not what I want for them. And same thing with uh, my, my inner circle, my Bible study. I think support is just relationship building, building a relationship. Mm. Um, you know, people really don't care how much you know until they know how much mm. you care. Yeah. And so just showing up, being a part of community, um, being consistent, being trustworthy, all these things are the pillars of uh trust which i do talk about in the book as well so get the book <laughs> yeah <laughs> which chapter do you talk about the trust i because believe I that trust is... and support are closely linked yes i believe that is in uh, mentorship in the marketplace which i believe is chap 
turn I can tell nine. you what chapter that is, yes. <laughs> yes. Mentorship, uh, mentorship in the marketplace is so needed. Um, no, I uh, cha cha chapter, like 10, influence, chapter 10, influence yes. in the marketplace. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, just... don't be afraid to be an influencer in the marketplace where, wherever God has called you in the, the, the marketplace, um, the majority of the miracles in the book of acts are in the marketplace. So like my friend says, it is a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> when someone well, says that you're not supposed to be authentic with your faith in the marketplace, that's just not true. I, I everybody else is authentic with their faith. Their faith, yes. Yeah, whether it's uh, humanism, atheism, you know, um, whatever their faith is, uh, they're they're, they're demonstrating it. it. Yes. So here's a question for you that I know I have a lot of listeners who are under the age of 30. And recently one of them came up to me at an event and the, the young person said, Pam, do you think it's too direct and too bold to ask my coworker if she wants to do a Bible study? I'm looking for more community, but how do I find out what kind of believer they are? And I thought that was such an interesting question because how do we know? So I'm curious if you have any thoughts about that. Well, maybe build it and they will come. So instead of asking, mm. um, would you like to join me in a Bible study? Just say, hey, I'm doing a Wednesday morning Bible study. I'd love for you to be a part of it. Or if you know anyone that would love to join, I do a virtual Bible study every Wednesday morning and it is really, really grown. And you lead it, Donna? Just, yes, I lead it. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. It's one of my favorite days. <laughs> That's terrific. See, again, that's what leadership is. It, you initiate. If you need it, you lead it, right? I mean, that's kind Absolutely. of what you're- And don't apologize. Don't apologize. And actually that really fits into you, the whole big picture of your book, because you're not only saying, yes, Jesus is my mentor, but he's calling me to be a mentor as well. And he's living Absolutely. his life free. All right. So- Water walkers. Water, water walkers. walkers. So the last chapter is calling water walkers. So, um, you know, the world wants us, you know, be in fear, be confused, sit in the mm -hmm. middle of the boat and huddle and be scared. That's what the world wants us to do. But God is calling us to have courage and stand up and walk on water. And when we walk on water, we're going to stumble. We're going to fail. Peter Peter took his eyes off Jesus right when Jesus was in front of him and he fell. But what happened? Jesus was there to pick him up just like he'll be there to pick us up. And then when we did stumble and fall, I've stumbled and fallen. Does Jesus go, hey, there's a loser right here. Come and get her. She's come and bring the boat over. <laughs> or did Jesus pick us up and carry us, uh, Peter, back to the boat? No. What did what does scripture say? Jesus and Peter walk back to the boat together. So when we fall, he's there to pick us up, but then he will walk with us. Let's use that as a segue to my final question here. Might you have a time when you failed as a leader or maybe faced a dark time and considered walking away from leadership? 
without sharing names? What happened and how did you endure the struggle? Absolutely. Um, you know, we're going to go through those tough, tough times, but I absolutely believe the toughest times in my, well, I'll just say my business were when is when I grew the most. Mm -hmm. I went through a time about two, three years where there was a lot of jealousy around me. I'm not going to get into all the details sure. of it, but um, I married someone 12, uh, 12 years ago, Thomas and I were in the same profession. I met when I spoke for his company in Dubai, fell in love with the suite in Dubai. And it was like, oh, you all, you, you know, you can't do that. Uh, you can't fall in love with someone in the same profession. And I'm like, okay. And it was a tough couple of years of attorney fees and a lot of persecution that was un, um, necessary and um uncalled for i guess is a word but it changed us um what was probably meant to break us up drew us closer together in our marriage mm -hmm. it drew us closer in our faith uh and it really removed all the idols from my life it really did it, wow. it kept it, it really put my eyes on him. So I really want to encourage your listeners. Um, don't be a victim. If, if you go through something, especially if it's something that, you know, you didn't, didn't deserve, you know, look at, look at Jesus. He, he, he lived a life free of sin and look what happened. And so um, just look for the lesson because I truly believe that part of the preparation for this book was that dark season that we walked through. Um, and it turned out to be life-changing for us. Um, I don't regret a thing that we went through. I'm a better person because I went through that. Would you say that this is the best advice you could give to emerging leaders and those who feel like they're burning out? Burnout. One of the best things you can do for burnout is to rest and renew because the world wants you to hustle and grind, but mm -hmm. that's not what God chooses for you. And if you rest in him, he will give you energy and peace beyond yes. understanding. And you will have a rest in rhythm that the rest of the world won't understand. That's and exactly so if, you, if you're experiencing burnout, mm -hmm. get into the word get into communication and conversation and mm -hmm. he has the best plans for you. I, I love scripture. You know, we set goals, right? Make sure they're believable and achievable. But what if God had goals for us that we couldn't even imagine like first Corinthians shares, right? Well, we you're, re you're to me, you're, you're reiterating Isaiah 30, 15, where God says repentance and rest um, is your salvation, right? Turning to yeah. him is what gives us that deep sense of peace. Absolutely. That's what you're saying. Yes. And why do we, why would we turn away from it? Right. Yeah. Lean in. Donna, your book um, ends as, as you already said, calling all water walkers. What's your favorite part of the ending of your book? There's a fun exercise uh, at the end of each chapter, there's reflection and ripple effect questions for you to consider for that chapter. 
But at the end of the book, I have lots of fun stories about mentors and their mentees like um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Catherine Coleman um, and others. But there's an actual exercise that you can do when the book is finished for you to really reflect over your life on who you have allowed to mentor you, good, bad, and ugly, okay? And who you have mentored and maybe you've gotten off the rails somewhere and now how you can make the adjustments to move forward because the past is a cancel check. You can learn from it, but now making good choices moving forward um, is, is how we want to live. Not looking back, but looking forward. I love how you are saying it's both sufficiency in Christ and intentionality. On, on our behalf. It's both. Yes. We can't just expect him to come pluck us out of obscurity and say, I'm going <laughs> to rescue you. We need to open our hearts. Donna, thank you. I am so excited for your book. Again, the book is called My Mentor Walks on Water, Spirit-Led Mentorship in Every Area of Your Life. So uh, Donna Johnson's book can be found on Amazon and other places. Donna, how can people connect with you if they would like to? What would you like them yes, to do? Yes, um, mentordonnajohnson.com. We've got uh, some great merchandise. It all goes towards our uh, orphanage project. Uh, my husband was a professional soccer player here in Sweden. And so we have a soccer academy there, a permaculture farm, all the proceeds goes there. Check it out. Uh, and also Instagram and Facebook mentor Donna Johnson. So mentor Donna Johnson, www.mentordonnajohnson.com and mentor Donna Johnson, Instagram and Facebook. Donna, thank you for being a leader for at such a time as this. And we'll be praying for your, um, ministry and the orphanage and the soccer camps and all that you have ahead of you. Thank, thank you for you, being here. And thank you to your audience. Awesome. Thank you.